0: Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. I am your host, Tom Galker. And today, via Zoom, we traveled to New Zealand to chat with Lucian Johnson. Wax Wayne was released on March 31st, 2021. It's on the Deluge Records. And it's basically a love child if John Coltrane and Alice Coltrane were able to record just one more record together. Let's listen to a sample of the song Dawn before we chat with Lucian Johnson Lucy and Johnson, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Before we get into the album, now, I fell in love with the album. I know it's a little, a little older than normal, but I just can't get it out of my head. So before we get into that, I just have really some basic questions about you and, and New Zealand. I just love the Finn brothers. And for some reason, if I had a choice to visit New Zealand or Australia, I would definitely go to New Zealand. What's the jazz scene like?
1: Uh, the jazz scene is pretty small. And it's, um, it's changed a lot over the years. I mean, I'm 40 years old now. So when I was coming up, say 20 years ago, or so it was probably much more avant-garde, I think. And, you know, there, there's always been the old guys doing the thing. But, but, uh, but at that time, it was a bit more avant-garde. These days, I think we've gone into a more of a, it's more like most of the stuff happening um, is probably more of the style that you hear kind of everywhere and I think that's probably a a product of the kind of education systems that have become so ubiquitous and jazz around the world so I actually feel slightly apart from the jazz scene in New Zealand I'm not really fully in that (laughs) yeah if that makes sense I work in I work in a lot of other uh, artistic fields and jazz is, is kind of my passion and my music but it's not my kind of bread and butter if
0: you know what I mean yeah yeah I read your bio and yeah that's right. uh, it feels like you should know everyone but that's not true
1: I mean I do know a lot of people I know the prime minister personally for example
0: oh well, well that's great it, <laughs> she yeah. did a great job with COVID and I believe like the the country like was basically unscathed compared to everyone else and if I remember correctly, when George Floyd hit, I think it was gun control that, that she really also... Um, yeah. You felt that she was going to lead the way and the rest of the world would follow, but that hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's very... She's remarkable. Really. She's very quick on her feet. Uh, she she really can be um, in the midst of something very serious or tragic or, or just a very... Um, you know, intense uh, debate or something. And and she always seems to have uh, something really reasonable to say about it. And I think that's really her strength is is that um, she comes across as very humane.
0: Yeah, that's refreshing. (laughs) It really is. Uh, Yeah. Your album came out in March 31st, uh, 2021 on Deluge Records. It's called Wax Wayne. And uh, what is the, the title? Stand for?
1: Well, it's it's just um, about the phases of the moon, and um, originally, the, unfortunately, it's sort of changed a bit. But I did want the album to have two sides, and it was almost like a kind of transition from um, the, the night into day, I suppose. And uh, the order of the tracks changed, so it didn't kind of eventuate exactly as I initially intended. Um, but it, but it is a very nocturnal kind of album still, and I think um, that allusion to the moon just seemed very appropriate for that.
0: Yeah, I agree, I do, and uh, I like the album cover. It's very geometric and and uh, like cubism that like the early '60s. A lot of jazz album covers would would have this kind of look to it.
1: Yeah, right, and that's but that's by um, a friend of Michael Julian Dine, and he is a musician and a He's and an artist, so sort of half half and half pretty much equally. Usually if you have multidisciplinary people, they're sort of strongly in one and a little bit in the other, but he's really half and half and you know has quite a reputation and career in both fields. He made that beautiful um, cover.
0: Spotify does, I don't know, a disservice to music where you can only release like one song off the album. So you, you kind of have to pick it apart. The Magnificent Moon was released before the album came out. It's the first song on the album. And yeah. that's where I got hooked on to you. And I could not stop. That song came out February 2nd. The album mm-hmm. came out at the end of March. I don't know. This is what my take is on this whole album. And and uh, I hope that I'm close because I love this album. But this, if John Coltrane and Alice Coltrane could make one more album together, this would be the album. That's my take on this album.
1: Well wow, that that's a, that's such a beautiful thing to say. Thank you thank you for that. I mean, that's definitely the kind of world we're in for sure. And it's funny because I mean I love I love Alice Coltrane sort of um, wholeheartedly. Um, John Coltrane I I love and was sort of what one of the one of the musicians that, that got me into jazz in the first place was John Coltrane. Um, and there's this kind of certain aspect of Coltrane's music which i which i love and there's another one which i don't care for so much
0: the the more avant-garde stuff
1: uh not necessarily but more um more the kind of virtuosic stuff uh i guess i'm i'm I'm, i love stuff like the night has a thousand eyes um you know those kind of uh those things where Alvin Jones is playing a kind of Latin beat and, and, and it's kind of ecstatic and it's in, in uh, one key or, you know, Ole Coltrane and my favourite things and all those kind of things, you know. I'm not so interested in, in where he's playing a thousand chords in a, in a bar, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I'm sort of specific about Coltrane but, it, but obviously a, a huge, um, a huge uh, a love of mine. Um, but there's, there's things which of Col- of John Coltrane's music that I wanted to bring out in this record, but but not others. You know, I mean, I, I can't play that, that <laughs> so, so it's it's easy for me to to just choose the um, the the, sim- the simpler aspects of, of Coltrane, so the more heartfelt kind of aspects of, of his music.
0: the the harp and the vibraphone and the percussion that's the whole album has that I mean it's I feel like I'm falling into an Alice Coltrane album and I feel it's so it feels dreamy and romantic at the same time the whole album is consistent I'd be curious what your take was when you were gonna you know do two sides because I feel as a whole this album is very consistent I, I don't I don't want it to change. I don't want it to be, you know, something else.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that was just in the, in the track listing. I, I didn't, I didn't think Magnificent Moon was, was going to be such a good song. I didn't know that that was going to be kind of the, the, what, what, you know, you never know what's going to work. And that track really worked when we recorded it. I didn't know it was going to work that well. And so it kind of felt right to highlight that track and put it first and and that was that was what made us change the order of everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to play a sample of that song that we're talking about. When I talked about Spotify, do you feel that that is frustrating on your part? Like where you have to just release a a, a song every month, like one song per month, so they play it? Because you've, you've kind of fell into that where uh, the next song, uh, Blue Rain, which is March 2nd, that that came out. You find an audience and you just can't put out the album because they won't play it. They'll just play that one song once a month. It, right. it kind of seems a little unfair.
1: In terms of that, I, I'm really a physical person and so i pressed this on vinyl and i did that all myself deluge records is just a name for something that i've made because there aren't really any record labels in new zealand doing jazz so i just pressed it myself and I'm, that, that's really what i'm interested in i had someone who knew how to put stuff on spotify do that and he said it would be better to, to put one song out so, but I, I really don't pay much attention to what's going on in that digital world. For me, I think I felt for quite a long time that musicians are, are really just the um, kind of Uber drivers of, of, of the artistic world. And above that, we sort of had administrators and, and things and, you know, and I think Spotify more than anything else makes this apparent that um, in a kind of economic sense where the people making the music are really at the bottom of the food chain, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how that unfolded, uh, what, you know, in terms of which song came out first or anything, because I wasn't actually paying attention.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it, another, it was another hit on, you know, when it comes to, to jazz music, The Blue Rain. We're gonna play a sample of that song also. Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about? That songs, so maybe we we can add that with it.
1: Ah, uh, uh, blue blue rain was was um, yeah. The the title of it is actually from a poem by a New Zealand um, poet called Alistair Campbell, who I knew when I was a kid, um, and it was sort of a love poem. Um, and it was sort of, I guess, um, I, it was my attempt to write something a bit like kind of maiden voyage, you know, Herbie Hancock. It was kind of that kind of um thing, I guess, where you had a kind of modal tune, but with some, some changes in it, which, which kind of, yeah, which just made it um, interesting and, and kept, kept it moving along, yeah. It's kind of the jazziest piece on the, on the record in terms of having a kind of really defined chord structure and that kind of thing.
0: Rubicon is one of my favorite songs on the album. Can you give us a little more info on that one too?
1: Yeah, not much, really. I mean, I, I kind of wrote that song. It was, it's almost like a combination of there was a there was a piano piece of a New Zealand composer uh, called um, John Pasathas, and and he wrote this piano piece which had this kind of um, drone at the start, and it, and I was listening to that, and and it sort of came out of that, but it also came out of kind of Ornette Coleman's Lonely Woman a little bit. This idea, but then it's got its own melody. It's just, it's just one of those things that that happened when I was uh, when I was jamming away, yeah.
0: Perfect within the whole, you know, structure of the album. I, I'm gonna say the the song, this word, Awa, A W. Yeah. Oh, I got it right. Awa. Okay. That's right. That means, that means yeah. River. It's, it's uh, Maori for for river. Oh, perfect. So, can you give a list, a little background on Awa also?
1: I mean, that's that's a kind of three-four thing that that. Um, I mean, I always loved the tune. My favorite things the way that John Coltrane plays it, and I remember. I used to listen to that endlessly as a teenager. And then of course, I didn't listen to Coltrane for many, many years. And then a couple of years back I was on a a long flight. I think it was from Paris to Tokyo or something, going to I was doing a tour over in Japan. And there was nothing on me. Um, there was nothing that I wanted to watch on the films. I went into the 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 music. There wasn't much, and I went to the jazz playlist. They had maybe 10 tunes on there, and it wasn't a very good airline, but one of the tunes was My Favorite Things, and I ended up listening to that track on loop for the whole long flight, and by the end of it, I was sort of in this really kind of spacey zone, having just listened to one song over and over again, um, and I really kind of got inside some of the – I love what McCoy Tone is doing on that, on that. Um, track, you know, the chords he's playing, and the and the fact that he he doesn't even his solo isn't even really a solo in the sense that he just kind of plays chords and these rippling things, and and I really wanted to get that kind of feel of um, so it's sort of like my version of my favorite things, I guess, in a way. Some quite sweet, um, but it has this waltz time, and it's and it's really kind of this flowing, rippling kind of movement. through
0: I agree with you. Uh, McCoy Tyner was uh, amazing in, in that uh, that group. He's amazing. Period. I think.
1: Yeah, especially in those early days. I mean, I like I liked it in the early days of that quartet. It's like they almost had rules for themselves. And McCoy Tyner's rule seemed to be that he would play those those solos where, I mean, he's incredible. He's possibly one of the most virtuosic pianists he's ever been. Him and Art Tatum, but it was almost the rule for him that he wasn't allowed to show that or something. you know. In those early recordings, he just had to play. He just had to set up Coltrane the whole yeah. time with it, which is, which is, it's, it shows a lot of humility and it's not something that people would do nowadays. And I think it's a shame. People don't play for, in the kind of current context of jazz, I feel like everyone's kind of playing for themselves a little bit, you know? Yeah. people don't play for People don't play for the other people in the band as much.
0: But I, I I did get to see him in concert once, and uh, he was fantastic. And I don't know, uh, like when you buy into it, like, I don't know him as a person. I never met him, but I like him. You know, I know I would like him, and I want to like him forever because I just feel he has good aura. And uh, yeah. it, maybe it's because he's made me happy through the years, you know, with his music.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I didn't know so much as his, his output after the 60s. Yeah. I mean, the thing about living in New Zealand is you hardly ever get to see these people. And so everything that you know about music and stuff comes from records. And, you know, I didn't gravitate towards um McCoy Time after the you know, I think I've heard maybe one thing from the seventies and I thought, okay, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> and so I sort of you end up gravitate and actually all the stuff I gravitate towards is is jazz from the sixties and seventies, and certain stuff from the seventies. So Anything that happens later than that, I'm a little bit oblivious to. To be honest, I, I I don't really keep up, and I have I've never caught up with with what's going on. I sort of I only have passing awareness of of um, of jazz beyond that era. To, to be
0: really truthful, it's a good era. It's a good place to be stuck. Yeah, <laughs> Lucy and Johnson, are you happy? Are you a happy person? Are you ha- in a happy space right now?
1: I mean, I struggle. I think most of us struggle
0: with with happiness. There's always a, there's always
1: a um, desire to be happiness, to be happy, and and um, you know, something we all strive for, of course. Mm. The reality is
0: something. You know, <laughs> know yeah. is that. All right, Lucy and Johnson, I really, really thank you for talking to me today. I feel like I have a gift to share my listeners i'm so happy that i was able to connect with you and i'm able to share it with the audience
1: thank you so much Paul. it was a real pl- pleasure to talk to you um, and yeah thanks for spreading the word about my music
0: Hope you enjoyed Wax Wayne recording from Lucy and Johnson today on Something Came From Baltimore. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Uh, we want you to pass it on to five people who love music just as much as you do. It's very important that you become a part of that Be More music scene.